This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you so much, Sid, and thank you all for joining us again today for Messianic Vision. My guest was raised in a Christian charismatic home. He accepted Jesus at the age of three, spirit-filled at a Royal Rangers meeting in first grade, and he remembers seeing miracles and experiencing the move of the Spirit and feeling God's presence even from a very young child. He told us that he has seen people delivered from addictions and mental illness, also physically healed from sicknesses and diseases, even from a child. So please welcome our new friend, Pastor Carrick Butler II. Hi, Carrick. Hello, thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited. I've been reading your material and studying uh, what you're teaching and this new resource that you're offering and just looking at your ministry. And wow, we are so honored to have you with us. Well, we started when you were three, saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. But what happened to you, Carrick, at the age of seven? What did you experience? I remember when I was seven years old, uh, by this point, we had moved to Fayetteville, Georgia. My family had started a church called Faith Christian Center. I didn't know at that time that would be the church I would one day grow up and pastor. Yeah. Years later, that was something that wasn't on my mind as a seven-year-old. But I remember it was a Sunday evening in Georgia, and uh, our pastor wasn't speaking that day, but one of the ministers on staff, he was an outreach minister was sharing. And he was a person who I know over the number of years, he was just a sweet man of God. He would flow in the presence of God and he would always be known for manifestations of power. And so one particular night he was walking the aisles, he, his wife, as well as other ushers who were with him. And he was just praying for different people, laying hands on people. And he was walking back down the aisle and stopped at me and placed his hand on my head to pray for me. Mm. I don't remember what he said. I don't even remember if he said anything, but I sensed the presence of God. And I didn't quite know, you know, I was seven. I didn't know really how to respond to it. So I kind of just sat back down. And, you know, it wasn't, I don't think it was complete. Like I fell back. It was just, I sensed God's so let me sit right back down. Yes. And the next night it was dinner around the table. My parents were there. My younger brother was there. And they were asking me about my experience that night. And I was kind of struggling for words to explain what I felt, the presence of God, the encounter I had with God. And they took that moment to teach me about the importance of reverencing the spirit of God. Oh, yes. At seven. And so that's something that stuck with me all these years now that I still remember that conversation, how important it was to reverence the move of the Holy Ghost. Yes. And I even talked to my parents about that recently. So we don't even remember that conversation. But <laughs> we're so glad we had that conversation. They said, you know, one of the things the Lord impressed on our hearts was to teach them, answer their questions. As you're growing up, that's what we wanted to do. Answer all the questions you had, especially about uh, things of God and teach you how yes. to move. Things yes. Of God. Yes. And so that was something that just stuck with me, you know, reverence the move of the Holy Ghost. And from age seven to now, it's always been something that I've been drawn to. I've always been in awe about the move of the Holy Ghost. I remember, you know, a couple years later after this time when I was seven, I was in children's ministry, children's church, and the children's minister, just sweet woman of God, was laying hands on all the children who would be part of the Christmas production that night. 
And I remember when she laid her hands on me and I just began to cry. And you know, they asked me later why I said, I just sensed the presence of God. And I remember the children's minister called my father and told her what happened and told him what happened. And he was, he told me later, he says, that's one of the same things that happens to me when I sense the presence of God. Mm. Sometimes I just began to cry. And so I remember being sensitive to the spirit of God and to the things of the spirit, even from a young age and encounters with him. Yeah. And you know what, um, as, as I have gone through your teaching and, and read through your book, I do notice that that is something that's extremely important to you and that you have encountered and that you also want to make sure that other people encounter, and that is the power and the presence of God. That is so good. Well, I know you have said that that you do experience visions, dreams, visitations, and uh, other supernatural encounters. Um, You have also, I've heard of this before, I've never encountered it myself, but you've also encountered a glory cloud. How did that begin, and does that still happen? It does. I believe one of the first times it happened to me, I was a teenager. And so by my high school years, I knew I was called to ministry. The Lord called me when I was in eighth grade. I remember his call specifically. And by the time my high school years, I was pursuing after the call. And I remember one time I was coming back uh, into my room and I saw a cloud. It was about an inch, uh, inch and a half off the floor. And it was like a rolling wave of the sea, just right above my ankles. I could just see it. And I was like, huh, the glory clouds in my room. And so later that day, I told my mom, I said, yeah, I saw the glory cloud in my room today. I walked back into my room. I could see the cloud just right off the floor, just rolling through my room. And so she, you know, she kept that in heart and thought about it. And uh, maybe a few weeks later, a few months later, um, my godmother was coming to town. And at that time, the house we lived in, if, you know, anytime we had a special guest or family member who came in town, they would stay in my room. I would go to uh, the bonus room and they would stay in my room. Uh-huh. And so my godmother had told my mom that, so you know what, I'm going to wake up early. I got a lot of stuff to do this weekend. And so I'm going to wake up early, have all these plans I'm going to do. And she said for the first time, and I don't know how long she slept in over for hours. And she told my mom later, I can't explain it, but there's peace in Carrick's room. There's just this sense of peace there. And my mom remembers that Carrick said he saw the glory cloud in his room. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Okay. You should have called me. And so I could come over and, <laughs> and stay in your room. I know it's something that we all long for those encounters. And I, I so appreciate about you that, that you actually encourage and teach people how to position themselves so that they might encounter the power and the presence of God, too. Okay, let, let's talk about one more thing before we actually get into um, our topic today. But uh, this was wonderful. I have actually seen myself an angel that I entertained and at the time did not know it. So, oh, my goodness, when I heard your story, Carrick, you encountered seeing an angel one time. That was extraordinary. Tell us about that. So a few years ago, I was ministering at our youth camp. And so we put together this youth camp for our teenagers to get together, to go away for a little bit and encounter God. And so our youth pastor and his wife, the over that organized all the details. And one night, my wife and I come down to minister to all the teenagers who had gathered. And so we're there that day and the Lord had um, been leading uh, me and my wife in a certain way in that service that night. And it was a night of Oh, it was a night of, you could sense as you're trying to minister to get through that there was a level of resistance in the spirit, a spiritual warfare going on mm-hmm. that was 
intense than I'm normally used to dealing with, especially in the States. In other countries, I've seen it before, but not when it really came to a youth camp meeting. And so we've done, uh, that was going on. And so we got past the time and the Holy Ghost began to move, ministering to the kids and manifesting and doing wonderful things among the teenagers. And there was one certain young man who wasn't really uh, associated with a church. I think he was there because his grandma made him go to church. And so I think that's why he was actually there that night. And so he was trying to leave the room and then, you know, stop by, you know, our leaders and they were talking to him and, and they said, well, how about this? You can either talk to us, or we can go up, up there and talk to pastor. He's like, you know what? I'll go talk to pastor. And so I saw this young man enter back in the room and a youth leader walked him up to the front. And, you know, the youth leader began to tell me everything that was going on in his life. They said, you know, he's dealing with this, he's dealing with that, began to give me details that even at the night, during the night, he's having nightmares and he's tormented by this, if this is what's going on in his life. And I said, okay. And the young man asked me, he said, well, before you pray for me, um, can I just go get a tissue real quick? I said, sure, go ahead and get what you need to get. And so he went and I turned around to one of my deacons who was standing there who came to volunteer for youth camp and some of the youth leaders said, hey, I need you guys to pray. This is what's going on in this life. I'm, about, I'm praying for him. We're going to believe that God's going to move in his life life tonight. And so they were looking at me very shocked. You know, the eyes were wide open and I'm like, I'm thinking, why are you guys looking at me so shocked? And so the young <laughs> man came back and I prayed for him and I sent him to a seat. And then, you know, the, the service had ended and I sat down, I was talking to the youth pastor. I said, Hey, where's the youth leader that walked the young man up and gave me all those details. I want to talk to him. And they said, what youth leader? I said, no, the youth leader that walked him to the front gave me all the details. I said, he walked to the front by himself. I said, no, there was a youth leader who walked up to the front and told me everything that was going on in the young man's life. And I repeated the details. And they said, nobody knew that information but you. Wow. And so my <laughs> pastor, I said, you saw an angel. Like here, you saw an angel. And they had to convince me that there wasn't actually a physical person in the room who walked him to the front and gave me all these details. And then I was like, well, he was wearing white. And <laughs> it clicked. I'm like, there was, I saw an angel. Well, isn't that so amazing when you really know, wow, yeah, did that just happen? That just happened. Thank you, Lord, for that experience. That's amazing. Carrick, I have to tell you, you have written, and you know it, a brand new book, and it's called No Longer Mere Mortals. Oh, my goodness. As soon as I saw the title of that, I'm a real title person. I, you know, a title, I just love it when it grabs me and it makes me ask questions just by seeing the title. No Longer Mere Mortals, Seven Secrets to Living the Supernatural Life. Now, you kind of put a challenge right out there at the very beginning for everybody, Carrick. You, you say, did you know that you're a real-life superhero? <laughs> I'm sure many people listening are going, uh, wait a minute, who, who, me? <laughs> but you say this, you tell people you are God's supernatural solution for a world beset with giant problems. What are we talking about here, Carrick? First, with the superhero analogy, we live in a day and age where superheroes dominate the movie screen. They are the highest grossing films ever. And everybody looks at these superheroes like, man, wouldn't it be great to be this superhero, to be that superhero? And they look at that and it causes them to hope. It causes them to dream. Yes. But they don't realize that God's already made them a superhero. 
that God has already anointed them to take down the giants of today. A lot of times we think, well, that pastor is special or that evangelist is special, that prophet is special, that missionary, that church mother. Well, no, no, no. Every single member of the body of Christ has been called to be a superhero anointed by the power of the spirit. Wow. Once you are born again, you stop being just a mere mortal. You become born again. You're born again from, Peter says, the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Wow. Once you're born again, everything changed. And one of the worst things you can do after you're born again is to consider yourself only human because mm. you're not only human. You are the temple of the living God. God himself moved on the inside of you. That's why it tells us in John, greater is he who was in you than he who is in the world. But too often we don't realize the fullness of what God has done in redemption because we still see ourselves under the same glasses we had on yes. before we were born again. It's like Clark came to Superman, take off the glasses. It's time to put on your cape. It's time to be <laughs> who God made you to be. We have to see ourselves different. We have to see ourselves the way God sees us. We have to see ourselves as the word tells us we are. We have to change our mindset. We have to renew our minds and see ourselves through new creation realities to become the hero God has called us to be. My goodness, Carrick, honestly, what child has not wanted to be a superhero at some point. I have three brothers and I can imagine pictures in my head of every single one of them with a towel or a pillowcase around their neck, pinned with a clothespin, flying around the room pretending that they are Superman or some other superhero. Did, did you have that experience too? Did you want to be a superhero? Yes, me. I have two younger brothers. We loved superheroes. We loved comics. We literally collected thousands of comics. That is not an exaggeration. That was one of the things we did. We had the action figures. We had the outfits. Even there was one certain superhero show that we watched together every Saturday at 1130 a.m. Even our parents would join us. <laughs> We love superheroes. We had all the games and everything. And of course, we would imagine ourselves as being this superhero or best person with powers. We This was something that we enjoyed then and we still enjoy today. We still talk about the different movies and shows we enjoy. And so it was something that was a very uh, important place in our childhood. Sure. Sure. And an analogy, when, when I saw that title, No Longer Mere Mortals, and then I realized what you were talking about, uh, it's such an analogy that almost every single person on the face of the planet can uh, connect with, that, that can see when they were little. But, but this is not just for kids, is it, Carrick? You said that deep inside of all of us, the human soul longs to reach further than we can. Yes, and it's so true. Everybody, this is not something that disappears with childhood. Sometimes with years and so-called maturity, we just bury down desires that God put in there on the originally. And it's deep on the inside that we want to become greater than what we see around us, mm -hmm. that there's something more. And, you know, that's why I wrote the book to all those who dream there's something more. There is something more. And it's the true life God has called every believer to live. I think uh, you mentioned a mindset earlier, and I think it's time that we get this material, read this material, and let it sink in so that in our mind we can be taught and we can accept this revelation that you are no longer a mere mortal. I want to talk a little bit about some of the secrets. You have said this is no longer mere mortals, seven secrets to living 
this supernatural life. One of those secrets is hunger. Yes. And hunger, I guess I would say, not just defines my life, but especially starting in my teen years. I was hungry for the move of the Holy Ghost. I was hungry for the power of God. It's what I desired. It's what I wanted to know about. It's what I studied. I would read books by Smith Wigglesworth. I would watch videos of Kenneth Hagin and Oral Roberts and others who operated in the power of God. I would study these Pentecostal legends of the past and see how God moved. And I was hungry. I was like, God, I want you to do it in my life. I want to see it again. You know, Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. We see it in Psalms that God pours the spirit out upon the thirsty. Mm. And even Jesus said in John 7, if you're looking, if you're thirsty, come to me and I will give you drink. So it, it's a matter of spiritual importance to hunger and thirst after the move of God, after being superhuman, because superhuman is simply defined as having or showing exceptional ability or powers. And the way you tap into those powers and begin to walk the superhuman life is to be hungry for the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Think about it this way. If you're hungry, you're going to get something to eat. Yes. You're a little bit hungry, you can get maybe a snack, but if you're really hungry, you may prepare a five course meal. You will arrange your day around your hunger. <laughs> That's right. And you know what? Just as you said, if you're really hungry, you may be saying more, more, more. Give me an example of what you said was was the presence of power of God responding to hunger. I remember when I had the opportunity to go on a business mission trip to Buenos Aires, Argentina. Uh, the church was right at Reyes, pastored by Claudio Frazon. And so I went there, first time there, I, had, I was 20 years old, and this congregation had been in revival for years. And I walked in on that campus into that sanctuary. You can sense the presence of God just walking into that building. And so as Pastor Frazon would pray for the people and teach the word and just move in the spirit during the services, the people would cry out, mas, 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 or more, more, more. And I was thinking to myself as I observed all these things and said, a lot of these people are living in a, in a reality in greater outpourings of the spirit. And this is one of the greatest outpourings I've seen in my life. And yet they're crying for more. And of course, when they cried for more, God would give them the more. And so the thing is, it's an art to staying hungry, an art to being filled and being hungry again. And I would watch how that would happen, how the power would be poured out. And it marked me for the rest of my day saying, you know what, always be hungry, stay hungry, desire the move of the spirit, desire the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Let hunger motivate and change and alter your priorities so you're always seeking after the outpouring of God. Yes. Well, those that are listening right now, let's take just a second and talk to them for a second. If, if they need more and they want more, what do you suggest that they do right now? First, I want you to know that God has more for you. A lot of times we think, well, he has more for this person, more for that person, or I've seen a lot. No, he has more for you. You have not tapped out the resources of the almighty God. He is El Shaddai. He is more than enough, and he still has more for you. You may have experienced great things. I know you're a listener to this podcast, so I know you experienced the supernatural before, but he has more for you. What you've seen in the past does not hold a candle to what he wants to do in your future. So you have to become hungry again. You have to stir up that hunger and go after and say, God, I know you have more for me. 
So please give me the more. Show me what to do. Show me how to position myself. Show me what I need to change. Show me what I need to alter so that I can experience the more you have for me. You should be grateful for what you saw in the past, but the gratitude does not stop the hunger. Yes. The, the hunger is only satisfied by a progressing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He always has more for you and he has more for you every single day of your life. And then when you get to eternity, you'll see more of Ephesians chapter two, where he's showing off the riches of his grace. Mm. He wants to show off the riches, the abundance of his grace in your life today. And he wants to do it every day of your life. And he wants to do it for the rest of your life. And he wants to do it for all <laughs> eternity. But yes. you got to be hungry if you want to see it in your life today. Yes, yes. My goodness. Let me take just a second and let everybody that's listening know exactly what you have prepared for them. Carrick, it's your brand new book called No Longer Mere Mortals, Seven Secrets to Living the Supernatural Life. And you also have developed a brand new and exclusive audio teaching series called An Impartation of Hope and imagination. And now we're including a little bonus here for everyone that orders this. You're also going to get a, a Bible bookmark or a, just a, a bookmark for your book of Carrick's No Longer Mere Mortals that you can mark your place there, that you can have it at your fingertips anytime you want to. And this is going to contain the seven secrets with the scripture reference for each of them. So you are going to absolutely love that. Okay, Carrick, let's talk about another one of the secrets. Secret number three, you have listed it as new creation realities. What are we talking about here? Well, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Yes. I like to use the example of Spider-Man. You know, <laughs> he was a mere mortal, a teenager, when he walked into that lab until he got bit by that radioactive spider that changed his life forever. You know, that type of thing is very familiar in the comics. That happened to the Hulk. It happened to the Flash. Something happened to them that changed them from mere mortals to the superheroes they're known as today. And every believer has had that incident. You know, you weren't bitten by a radioactive spider. No, you didn't get zapped by lightning. No, you didn't run into some gamma rays. What happened to you, Christian? You were born again. Or as John calls it, born from above. As Peter says, born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And as soon as you were born again, everything changed. If you were born again for the incorruptible seed of the word of God, that means your spiritual DNA comes from the word of God. There's not one person who was born on a lower level saying, well, that person had a greater new birth than mine. No, you were all born again from the same seed, the word of God that gave the DNA for every single believer. It regenerated you. It made you into a new creation in Christ Jesus that was never seen before. You are not the same. Your spirit was changed forever. Now, what happens after your spirit is changed, you have to renew your mind or like, oh, you have to renovate your mind. Yes. You have to take out the old and you have to put in the new. A lot of people have been reborn as superheroes. They've been regenerated by the incorruptible seed of the word of God, but they still think like they were before they're saved. And because they still think like they did before they were saved, they don't experience a supernatural, superhuman life. And so when I talk about new creation realities, that's what I call secret three. Yes. It's realizing what Jesus has already done what is already completed and you have to change your mindset and begin to think this way and as you begin to think this way you experience a supernatural superhuman life there's so many ones i just want to share a few with you okay one already done 
You're not becoming a new creature. You don't have to pray, oh, God, make me a new creature. God, make me new. He's already done it. You are already a new creature. You're already a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are forgiven. You don't have to say, oh, I wonder if God will forgive me of all the sins I've done in my past. He's already forgiven you. He has cleansed you by the precious blood of Jesus. Your sins have been washed away by the blood of the lamb. And because of that blood, you have divine access. And anytime you can walk to the throne of God and make your case known, you have a platform, you have access, you have standing before the throne of God because of the blood of Jesus. And because you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you are the redeemed, which means you are liberated. The ransom has been paid. You have been redeemed from the curse of the law. You've been redeemed. So the blessing of God is upon you. The scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Wherever you're listening right now, come on, open your mouth, say, I am the redeemed. Am you the are redeemed. redeemed from too many things. Some people are putting things, putting up with stuff in their life that you've been redeemed from. You're just going on with life. You don't have to keep putting up with the stuff. You've been redeemed from it. And if you begin to resist it, unknowing that you are the redeemed, those things have to flee from you. Also, guess what? You have the advantage in this life. Yes. Yes, somebody you may know may have more privilege than you. Somebody might have more this opportunity, this opportunity. And it may be true, but the scripture teaches us that every believer has the advantage. It tells us that the new creation in Galatians, the new creation has the advantage. That means you have a favorable position. That means that you have the advantage in this life and you can win. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you were born on. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter your education. In Christ Jesus, because you are born again, you have the advantage no matter what's in front of you. And when you look at what's in front of you, you have to remember you are an overcomer because it says everyone who is born of God overcomes this world system. So everything in this world system that's infested and backed by devils and demons and principalities, Whew. you have been made an overcomer and you can conquer every single one and your limits have been removed. God is not limiting you from success or victory or manifestations of his power in this life. He removed your limitations when he gave you the Holy Spirit. He is the one who takes you beyond your limitations. And you have to remember you have a purpose. You are not an accident. You are not a forgotten person. You have a divine assignment. Yes. You have a heavenly purpose. You are here for a reason. I'm talking to you in your 80s. I'm talking to you in your 20s. I'm talking to you who say, well, I'm just at home with the kids. No, you have a purpose. Your purpose is bigger than your career. Your purpose is bigger than what you've seen. Your purpose is bigger than what you've known. Your purpose is bigger than what you've done. God has a purpose for your life and you'll begin to tap into the full potential of this purpose when you begin to realize that you were made and born again to be a superhuman and that you're no longer a mere mortal. Woo! <laughs> Carrick, may I just tell you that I believe my audio engineer and myself were about to have us a little shouting time in here. <laughs> so if you are listening and just listen to that list of new creation realities. Go ahead. You can shout with us. We'd love we'd love for you to join us. And you know what, Carrick, the word to me that really sticks out in that is these are realities. These are not myths. These are not something that we're just dreaming up. These are the realities of being a new creature. How exciting is that? Okay, we were talking about some of the superheroes that we all know. You mentioned the mind of Christ. So our mind, our thinking has to be different. And you said not all of the superheroes are superheroes because of strength or speed or invisibility, but some of them because of the way they think. 
Yeah. One of my favorite heroes is Batman. And he doesn't have any superpowers or super strength or super speed, but the way he thinks sets him apart from heroes. And even in DC Comics, he's one of their top three heroes with Superman and Wonder Woman. The way he thinks and processes, and that's why they called him you know, the greatest detective, is what makes him a hero. And as I've said before, you were born again, your spirit was changed, but your thinking has to change. And so we have to renovate our mind and begin to think in a different way. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 14, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God or know these things. They are spiritually discerned. So you can't just think as a human. You have to think with the mind of Christ, as Paul told us in 1 Corinthians 2. We can receive these things of the Spirit because we've been given the mind of Christ, the mind of the anointed one, the mind that cooperates with the anointing of God. And you have to think differently because what happens is when you begin to think differently, you'll begin to administer the power correctly because a lot of people know they have power. They may have taken time to pray and they've fasted and they have power operating in their life. But the thing is, if you don't know how to correctly use the power, you'll use the power that it takes to light a city to only light a bulb. And you shout that you lighted a bulb when God wants you to light a city. Yes. And when you have the wisdom of God and the mind of Christ, you become innovative. You know, I like to say this way, the Holy Ghost is the greatest innovator of all time. He's the most creative being of all time. And he wants to lead believers with God ideas, concepts, insights, innovation, to see things in a different way that you don't hold on to what you experienced in the past, but you move on with God and grab on to the future. And you have the mind of Christ to handle the situations, the problems, the principalities, and the giants that have infested our world. And you think differently so you know how to move forward and change things for the better in this generation. Tarek, I have to tell you, we're just getting more and more excited here. So this this is such a powerful and great analogy for people to grasp. Carrick, I know this from reading your material and studying this, that you are a man that seeks the presence and power of God. Even on your graduation, you said you told us a little story about someone speaking into your life something that you'll never forget. Yes, I remember when I graduated uh, from Oral Roberts University, you know, like most graduates, you're taking pictures with your friends, talking with your friends before you go out to graduation dinner. And I was taking pictures with a friend of mine and his dad, who was one of the pastor of the, one of the largest churches in Paraguay. He had traveled to Argentina when we were ministering there one of the years I was down there. And he witnessed the power of God in operation in our lives. And so I remember on that graduation, he took me by the shoulders and looked me square in my eyes. And he said, Carrick, don't forget the power. Wow. And I replied, I won't, sir. And I have not, and I will not. Because the power of God has fascinated me as long as I can remember. And it's the power of God that makes a difference in our lives. Wow. Wow. Well, speaking of power, tell us about ministering in South Africa. I've had the opportunity to minister in South Africa. And one of the times I was down there, I was doing a healing meeting. It was going to be a healing meeting right before I traveled to Zimbabwe and do a weekend of meetings there. And I had finished praying for people. And we were at the time and they had the end of the services, worshiping God and enjoying the presence of God. And a young lady came up on crutches. I had not called for her or for anyone else to come forward at that moment, but she approached the altar. And so I just laid my hands on her and simply said, fix it, Jesus. Mm. Immediately, she fell to the floor and began to writhe under demonic impression. The thing was, I didn't expect that. You know, I've laid hands on people who have crutches many times and they got in heel, dropped crutches and walked away, shouted, danced. I've never had somebody fall to the ground 
and began to manifest under demonic oppression. That was new to me. And because it was a female, I asked the pastor's wife to assist me in this, to minister deliverance to her yes. and command the spirits to leave her alone and speak peace over her life. And once we had finished that, she got up and walked perfectly without needing any assistance from those crushers. Yes, all. yes. And that's one of the things that you teach about power. This is delegated authority, the power that you have of delegated authority. You know what? While we're here, let's talk a little bit more about this power. What about firepower? Firepower. So one of the members of the Fantastic Four superheroes team is called the Human Torch. And he has the ability to transform his physical form into a fiery form. So when he appears in the comics and movies, his appearance lives up to a superhero identity. And so he just looks like fire from the waist up, fire from the waist down. He's surrounded by fire. You know, similarly, when believers are baptized in the Holy Spirit, they are covered in the Spirit to such an extent they resemble the human torch. Because remember, Jesus said, we will be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And yes. baptized means to be submerged. You are baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. We are submerged in the fire of God's Spirit. So in the Spirit, we look like the human torch. So when the 120 were baptized in the Spirit, Acts, flames of fire rested upon each person. And praying in the Spirit is so, so, so important. I can't stress it enough how important it is to walking in the superhuman life. Praying in the spirit stirs yourself up. It charges you. It keeps you keeps you living a life full of the power of God. Yes. This is firepower that is not just for you, but it's meant to be released. Give, give me a testimony about this very thing. Well, one of the times I was ministering in Zimbabwe, and when I would minister at the weekend in Zimbabwe, I'm the main speaker uh, for the meeting. So that means I'll minister Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, and then on Sunday. Wow. Sunday's the last session, and each of those sessions is a couple hours long. But on Sunday, the sessions usually go for maybe about five hours. And so, you know, we'll teach a message that could be an hour to two hours long, and then we'll pray for people. And then because it's the last session I'm there before I fly back to the States, I lay hands on everybody who wants me to lay hands on them and you know that takes a long time you know first i make sure i pray for all the kids and bless all the children but then you know we may lay hands on the sick or people are just bringing people for prayer and so when you're praying for that many hundreds of people you have to be rather quick if you want to pray for everybody in the building <laughs> like this is already a five-hour service and we're still praying for people and so one at one of these on um, one of these sundays they brought this young girl up they carried her to me and they said pastor she has worms and so I laid my hands on her head and I said, burn it out, Jesus. Very simple as that, burn it out, Jesus. So when the service ended, ended, the pastor began to share with me about the girl I prayed for. They told me afterwards that she went to the restroom and had no more worms. Now they gave me some background in this to what happened because you know I was interested in knowing what caused all this. She lived in South Africa. And remember by this time I'm ministering in Zimbabwe. She lived in South Africa, had been to many doctors and no one could figure out what was wrong or where these worms were coming from. One doctor said that it was cultural and that was code word meaning they believed that a witch doctor had cursed her. And so her grandmother heard about the meeting we were having in Zimbabwe. So she got her granddaughter, traveled to South Africa, brought her back to the meeting, believing in faith that she would be healed. Yes. 
So when I prayed for her, the fire of God flowed through her body and eliminated what the devil had created. The fire of God is greater than anything the enemy can create. The superhuman Holy Ghost fire that's on the inside of you needs to be released to destroy what the devil has been has created in this world. Yes, yes, absolutely. Let me take another second here and let everybody remind everybody one more time about this powerful and wonderful resource that you have prepared, Derek. It is called Your Brand New Book, No Longer Mere Mortals, Seven Secrets to Living the Supernatural Life. Also, you're brand new and exclusive, and everybody knows that's listening. That means you can only get this here, so please don't miss it. It's his brand new and exclusive audio teaching series called An Impartation of Hope and imagination, plus that wonderful bookmark for your new book or your Bible called Seven Secrets and the scriptures that go along with that. So, Derek, let's talk about this. I know anybody that's listened to Sid Roth for very long knows that Sid Roth loves to talk about the glory of God. So one of the amazing characteristics of being a new creature is that we are carriers, actually carriers of the glory of God within us. And that's correct. Just like what Apostle Paul said, Christ in you, the hope of glory or the expectation of glory. Because Christ is in you, you can expect glory. You know, one of the things that Jesus prayed, you know, in John 17, because even we back it up, because we can talk about the glory of God that was on Mount Sinai, the cloud, the fire, the lightning, the wind, the smoke, the sound, that noise. We saw that glory on the Mount. We saw the glory in Solomon's temple. We see the glory all throughout the Old Testament, what we call the Shekinah glory of God. We saw it appear. But then we see in the New Testament, Jesus said that the Father gave him his glory. So mm -hmm. that same glory, that was in the Old Testament, was in the life and the ministry of Jesus. And we see in John chapter two, when Jesus did his first sign, that it says he, that was the beginning of him manifesting his glory. And so all the things, all the miracles and signs and wonders and acts of power, we see in the life and ministry of Jesus was the manifestation of the glory of God. And then in John 17, Jesus is praying, he makes this wonderful statement, that Father, the same glory you've given me, I have given them. Wow. Yes. It's not coming. It's already in us. We are carriers of the glory of God. When we are born again, the glory of God is on the inside of us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit, that same glory is on the inside of us. And it's meant to be released. And so we have to embrace this identity, this new creation reality that we are carriers of the glory of God. And because we're carriers of the glory of God, we should expect it to manifest in our lives on a regular basis. Yes. You know what? I was thinking about this and the reason that we need superheroes is because unfortunately there are supervillains out there. And of course, Jesus and the devil being ultimately the greatest of the, the villains and Jesus being the superhero of those two. But, but even like David and Goliath, everybody knows that story. We needed a David to be a superhero because there was a supervillain. Yeah, I love David. And David <laughs> especially his younger years, because when we first 
find out David in 1 Samuel, he's a teenager. Yes. A shepherd boy. He's a musician. You know, and the thing was, he wasn't highly regarded by his older brothers. They may have thought he was weird. They may have thought like, you know, who's this dude with these few sheep, you know, playing the harp outside, what's going on? And he wasn't well respected by his brothers. And so, but the thing was what set him apart, what made David different, it's two different things. One, he was anointed. Mm. The anointing came upon him when Samuel anointed him. He was anointed by the Holy Ghost. And number two, he understood that he had a covenant. Yes. Ooh. So when David is with Saul, you know, Saul said, you can't face Goliath because he's a giant. He's been, he's been killing people since he was a teenager and you're only a teenager. But David reminded him of what happened in his past. See, the only reason David stood before Saul was because he heard about the reward. See, David wasn't even motivated by a spiritual reason to take on Goliath. He wasn't. He was actually being Uber Eats or DoorDash for his brothers that day. <laughs> his father told him, take some food to your brothers, see how they're doing, give some food to the leader and check on your brothers. And when he's there, he hears the giant making his speech, trying to intimidate and terrify Israel. And so when he's standing there, other soldiers says, did you hear what the king said would happen to the man who fights and takes down Goliath? He would be made rich. He'll be tax free. He gets Samaria princess. And David says, wait a minute, say that one more time. What did the king say? <laughs> he said, he'll be rich. He'll be tax free, his whole house. And he'll get to marry a princess. And then David goes, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would challenge the armies of the living God? David was motivated by the reward. That's mm -hmm. why David stepped up. But there's a key phrase what David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He was talking about who is this Philistine that does not have a covenant? I have a covenant. Right. This Philistine doesn't have a covenant, which means this Philistine has to go down because I have a covenant, which leads me to believe that anybody on that battlefield that day from Saul on down could have taken down Goliath because they each had the same covenant. They all could have taken down the giant, but they were too afraid. And so they hid in their tents and ran away from the giant. So going forward, when David is standing before Saul, he begins to recount his history. And we all have history of the faithfulness of God. Yes. And we can't forget what God has done. And there's times, you know, for those of you listening, you need to remind yourself what God has done for you, where God has brought you from, how God has preserved you, how God has saved you, how God has healed you, how God has delivered you, how God has given you victory in the past. Because yes. as you rehearse these things and remind yourself of these things, you'll become stronger and believe that you can take down the giant in front of you. Because this is what David did. He says, you know what? There's a lion that came and stole a lamb from my flock. I went out and got it and I killed the lion with my bare hands. You know, and a bear did the same thing. And I took down the bear with my bare hands. He's recounting the faithfulness of God. He's recounting what God did in his life. He's recounting what God did through him. And he told Saul that this giant, this Philistine will go down the same way. See, now David has a call. Yes. This giant has to go down. And this giant was not a personal problem for David. It is a national problem. It is something that has intimidated a whole nation. But David knew he could handle it because he was anointed and he had a covenant. And so he believed that giant had a fall. And so what you're facing today, maybe in your personal life, maybe there's a giant. Maybe there's a giant facing your family. Maybe there's a giant facing your community. Is there not a cause for you to stand up? Is there not a cause for you to rise up and become the superhuman? 
human God has made you to be? Isn't there a cause for you to become who you were born again to be and step up and stand up and make a difference? Is there not a cause for you? Is there not a cause for your family? Is there not a cause for your community? Is there not a cause for your nation to walk in the fullness of redemption, to walk as the anointed of God, to walk as the new creations in Christ Jesus, to walk as those who are redeemed, who aren't afraid of the devil, but know they've been granted authority over the works of darkness, to stand up and make a difference in this world. Is there not a cause? And I say, yes, there is a cause, and the body of Christ has to rise up and follow the direction of the Spirit of God. Walk in love, walk by faith, and address the problems of the day. Yes, yes, yes. Can we just say yes on that one? Okay, bottom line here, Derek. So so why are superheroes so, so popular? Superheroes are popular because they give people hope. They inspire people to dream. They inspire people to imagine what is possible. It taps into our internal desire to become more than what we had in the past. Superheroes simply are wildly popular because people need heroes. Yes. We all want heroes. We all need heroes. This world needs heroes. We live in a world of intense situations with seemingly impossible challenges, and it seemingly gets worse every single day. Mm. The land is infested with giant situations, challenges, and pressures. You know, we can call them supervillains. The land is full of challenges and situations and problems that no one knows how to fix. But that's because the solution is in the body of Christ. Yes. The solution is in every single believer that if the believer would rise up and address that problem, that challenge, that situation with the wisdom of God, with the power of God, with doing these secrets we talk about in this book, if they would rise up and become who they were already born again to be, these giants would fall just like the giant fell before David. Yes. These supervillains would fall just like they fall before, before the superheroes in comics and movies. And so my question to you who are listening wherever you are, whether you're at home, whether you're in the office, whether you're on your commute, however you're listening to this podcast, will you be who God made you to be? Will you be who you were born again to be? Will you put on your proverbial cape and rise to the challenge? This world, this generation, they need you to be who you were born again to be, superhuman. It's time for you to rise to the challenge. Yes. Wow. And if you, you know, we only have a couple of minutes left here, so I wanted to just wrap this up quickly. But if you had just a little reminder for everybody out there, if you said, I want you to remember this one thing, what would you say to them? Remember. You have been empowered to live a superhuman life. You have been granted power far beyond mere mortals. You are no longer a mere mortal. Never forget that. Yes. Well, I want to remind everybody that Sid will be here at the very end of the program to let you know how you can get this exciting and powerful package that Carrick has put together today for you. It's No Longer Mere Mortals, the brand new book, his audio teaching series, an impartation of hope and imagination, and as a bonus, the Seven Secrets bookmark. So be sure and listen to Sid at the end of the program so you'll know exactly how to get that. Thank you for your time today. Would you pray before we leave? Sure. Father, I thank you because you are good 
and your mercy endures forever. I pray for every single listener right now. I thank you for the word that was shared in their hearts today. And I pray that the eyes of their understanding are further enlightened, that they be re- they'll become with a greater insight. They'll rise up with a greater revelation and understanding that they're no longer mere mortals, that they will walk forward with faith, with boldness, with understanding, and answer the call you have placed before them. Answer the call that is upon their lives to live as supernatural believers, to live as the superhuman you've caused them to be born again to be. I pray that they'll be stirred, that this will speak to them throughout the day. This will speak to them throughout the night, that when they wake up, it speaks to them in the morning, that they rise up and no longer live just as a human, but they live as the supernatural solution that you called and anointed them to be. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Carrick, thank you so much for being with us today. Wow. Whew, what an exciting and powerful message. Thank you for sharing that. And now here's Sid Roth to tell you how you can get today's resource package by Carrick Butler II. You may not wear a cape like Superman, but if you are born again, you are no longer a mere mortal. You're more superhuman than you think. Carrick Butler wants you to be a superhero. He says you are created to be God's supernatural solution for a world beset with villains. It's time to defeat the world's Goliaths that are staring you down and live as God's superhero. That's why you will devour Carrick's brand new book, No Longer Mere Mortals, Seven Secrets to Living the Supernatural Life, and his brand new and exclusive three CD audio teaching series, An Impartation of Hope and Imagination. You'll also get as a bonus this special bookmark displaying the seven secrets to a supernatural life all for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9809. Once again, that's offer number 9809.